Hello, this is Chris Jansen with EndEvil.life. This podcast is dedicated to people who love truth and freedom, the philosophers of the modern age. Evil is the destruction of freedom. Check out EndEvil.life for more podcasts, presentations, and um, other information. Today's presentation is called Dishonest Storytelling. Dishonest Storytelling with the subtitle Lies Will Not Lead to a Better Future. In modern culture, the sad truth is that humans have swallowed lies wholesale. Slap in the face lies have been spread with massive news and propaganda networks. As truth seekers, we find ourselves wondering how it could be that so vast a percentage of the population could be so utterly fooled. Thinking deeply about our personal past and experience, let's look at the many techniques that were employed to subvert our, cur our curious imaginative minds into believing hogwash bullshit. The dishonest storytelling starts at a very young age and is the primer or precursor to the bigger, deeper lies that are told in the external world. External world lies are easily supported when the inner structure of folks' minds are built with untruths. That internal structure is built through our everyday experience from birth, starting with innocent fun stories and leading into trickery through various means such as holiday stories, religious stories, stories about the ideals of statism, and stories about the importance of money. Seemingly harming, harmless holidays actually contain an evil seed that is planted into the minds of young humans all over the planet. Why are holidays so important to humans? We look forward to the regularness and the familiar aspects of holidays. It is one of the few times a year when we get together with the larger family and extended family. There's been an expectation of cheer and joy instilled in the minds of people. <clears throat> Yet the twisted part is that the storytelling takes a serious tone with the children and the lie is never exposed. In fact, quite the opposite. Humans agree with each other silently not to expose the lies and to enjoy the trick that they are not so harmlessly dropping on the psyche of the little ones. Bunnies don't lay eggs, fat men in tights don't fit down chimneys, and fairies don't barter for rotten teeth. Try to answer the questions in your own mind and watch will justifications and excuses rush to the forefront to defend your cherished and loved ones and your loved lies that you give to your loved ones. Why, why do these lies matter so much? Shouldn't the focus be the friends and the family and what they care about or what's going on with their lives? How about the stories that the kids have to tell? We should employ their imagination. It would be superior for the adults to engage the children's imagination, let the children tell the stories and we can enjoy those stories as grown-ups knowing they're fictional.
and the kids expressing their artistic talents. But is there some logical reason for tricking our children into believing in things like Santa Claus? And what is that reason? Repetition and anticipation are used in uh, methods of hypnosis and methods of mind control. The aspects of holiday rituals closely resemble that of hypnosis. The misconception in the public due to movie and TV watching is that hypnosis is some indescribable magic where one person remote controls into the other like Spock on Star Trek with the mind meld and makes some things happen or change the first person's mind. The truth is, the main two factors of hypnosis are focus and repetition. If you say over and over that you will believe, you will eventually believe, you will. Where you put your focus is where you put your energy, your light, or your intention. We are all co-creators in this reality, and we can focus our imagination, and we can create things. In that way, Santa is a good example, a complete fabrication of the masses, yet now it has realness. Everyone knows about it and makes these images and models and idols, if you will. This imaginary Santa rules many humans for part of the year. People are driven by this imaginary God of sorts, this made up being. Here's a, a quote that I found um, a, that's attributed to Maxwell Maltz. The important thing for you to remember is that it does not matter in the least how you got the idea or where it came from. You may never have met a professional hypnotist. You may have never met, you, have made, you may have never been formally hypnotized. But if you have accepted an idea for, from yourself, your teachers, your parents, friends, advertisements, from any other source. And further, if you are firmly convinced that that idea is true, it has the same power over you as the hypnotist's words have over the hypnotized subject. George Orwell, in his book, it said at one part of it, it was an act of self-hypnosis, a deliberate drowning of consciousness by means of rhythmic noise. We see these methods of hypnosis all around us in our culture. Stories that embellish lies and make them enticing. It's the sounds and the smells and the colors that are used to mesmerize and advance the storyline. And of course, the ritualistic behavior that goes along with it and the religious ceremonies and costumes. It's also important to note that holidays are family oriented the few times of year when children are exposed to their greater community. Thinking about the word faith, what does the word faith really mean? People would have you believe in Santa Claus forever, some would, just for fun. <clears throat> faith is believing in things that you don't know are true. By the Merriam-Webster definition, um, faith 
is basically trust. But when you look a little deeper and think about how faith works, um, faith is really uh, a process of having trust in yourself or having trust in someone on the process to finding truth. Jeremy Locke, from the book At the End of All Evil, wrote this about faith. Faith is the courage to test ideas for truth. With faith, people discover whether ideas are true or false. With faith, people learn principles. People use faith to take steps in testing principles. We often fail, but we always learn. Imagine walking over a rocky surface. Perhaps you expect that the surface is solid and will not shift. If you expected firm ground, but found movement, you may stumble. When the ideas you are testing are wrong, your test will fail. Your intelligence helps you to adjust your thinking and to better understand the principles of walking. You learn to control your balance in spite of the difficult terrain. You use faith to test your new understanding and soon can traverse successfully and quickly. You are mastering principles. So faith can be used in a positive way in order to work towards truth. After the faith in holidays, comes other types of faith that are expected of you in our society, such as religious storytelling. The storytelling steps it up a notch in every country in the world with religiosity. This happens often also at a young age. And this occulted ritualistic mind control tactic has been used for a very long time to mystify and hypnotize the masses of humans. Always built on fundamental truths and principles, of course. The most sly type of trickery uses some truth and then contorts it to mean some other fabrication that's added to the truth. Often this is done with fanciful storytelling Stories are an amazing, amazingly powerful way to share difficult concepts. And it's done well with allegories and metaphors, if we understand it as such. It's a way for the re listener to reflect and change their perspective. Yet religions, they take a deep truth and they package it with some other stories that involve these miracles and secrets and magical talismans and such. And they expect the practitioner to accept the whole package deal. In order to be saved, you have to believe it all, just as it's written in the book. I could not understand at a young age why such an amazing, all-powerful force as God would be so confined as to have to write all the knowledge of the universe in one book. And then to find out that there's all these other books out there in different countries and different cultural religions that also claim to be the only true divine path. It is easy to find many examples in historical accounts of governments or dictators or rulers or invading forces that use religious propaganda in order to reach their military or financial goals. So often and almost always, religious storytelling is not to be trusted. 
There's a famous quote by Adolf Hitler. If you tell a big enough lie and tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. Why would we want to share a quote since it's from such an intolerable voice in history, supposed history, as Adolf Hitler? Hated as he may be, the man stands now for an indelible mark that was made on humanity, a symbol for Nazi death camps and poison gas and human burning ovens, a massive movement that brought about the deaths of millions. By logic, it's hard to conceive that people bought into the lies that brought that about. Adolf's writings are treasured now because it is clear that his point did work and have a major effect. He and his group of counselors organized a coup of unimaginable magnitude, commanding mass power of destruction and mayhem that changed the world forever. What intelligence or secret knowledge was employed to control the minds of so many people? Hitler, or the people that programmed Hitler, knew exactly how to control the minds of the masses. Tell a big lie. Tell it big. Keep repeating it everywhere. Take out anyone who disagrees. For this reason, and the knowledge that this can happen, authority is never to be trusted. Those of us who understand freedom also understand that freedom depends on our free will. One of the strangest lies to me is that of the flag-waving patriotism that is so expected in our society. One does not have to hate certain colors or symbols. Flags were once used to guide ships and communicate and coordinate. Modern flags are symbols of superiority or feudalism, ownership and obligation. Your undying respect is mandatory, and with this worship, of our holy symbol, you're expected to swallow the whole story, the whole package about the forefathers and the War of Independence and what it means. In that story is actually an amazing realization and an allegory of heroism and selfishness, very similar to the story of Jesus, which is also about rebellion and self-mastery and not aligning with authority, but finding freedom by understanding morality. Why should we be pledging our allegiance to an inanimate object? We don't serve the symbol. The symbol is created to serve us and to help us to understand and communicate. Now where is all this leading? If we go on just following like sheep, what we're going to be heading towards is a full-on police state dictatorship. We already see now in the streets a well-armed and funded police force. We see the advancement of the technology and the firepower in our, in our uh, authoritarian structures. We see the secretive operations and the expenditures on secretive programs. We see the well-funded and trained propaganda department and how well it's working. With, with these changes in the world increasing, what we can expect in the near future is things like checkpoints, health checks, mandatory vaccines, and isolation camps. Because, as Ian Willem, William Godard said, a society whose citizens refuse to see and investigate the facts, who refuse to believe that their government and their media will routinely lie to them and fabricate a reality contrary to verifiable facts, is a society that chooses 
and deserves the police state dictatorship that it's going to get. The difficult concept is to understand that our current conditions are direct results of our cumulative actions over the last period of time leading up to this time we're living in now. Human morality on the large scale has been leaning more towards the direction of evil in that freedom is becoming diminished for the individual gradually as elite forces are more centrally controlling the planet. At the same time, the conditions that humans are experiencing is also diminishing. In many places, it's hard to see the extent of degradation because of the hard work of the controlling engineered elite control class who spend all their time and energy working to create a fake-ass world where you can be safe and cared for while doing nothing in return other than paying your taxes, voting, filling out all the right forms, standing in the appropriate lines, having your ID numbers ready to be displayed at all times, following all emergency protocols, no matter how illogical, and following all orders of appointed authorities. As long as you follow all these simple guidelines, you'll be safe, and they will continue to coddle you and provide for your safety and well-being. For those of us who know and understand, this is just the slippery slope of slavery. Try to think of a time when the government or a politician actually helped you with something, something real that you needed in your life. When did the president show up in your town and bring you something? What has your government done for you lately is the question to ask. So to end this presentation, I just want to say for those of you who haven't yet considered ditching the idea of statism, that there's much freedom to be had in using your own mind and thinking for your own self. And it's far time to reconsider all the lies that have been going in our heads and to relook at history in a different way and reconsider our former beliefs or follow those beliefs further and see where they lead us ultimately to truths and do not stop with just beliefs. This is Chris Jansen signing out. Hope you enjoyed another episode of End Evil. Check out endevil.life for more podcasts and interviews and information. Have a great day. Evil is the destruction of freedom.